It's time for Lucas Baseball Season 3, Episode 27, Lou Landers, with my co-host, Lucas Beery. And today we're going to do something a little different. No waiver wire. We're going to talk about players who should be on the move before the MLB trade deadline, where they could end up, and how that will impact the player and their new team. We should get started with a trade that already happened this week, though, Lucas. Nelson Cruz traded to the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, that was a that was a, a sweet trade for the Rays. I was concerned that even though, of course, they have all the prospect depth to add more talent, I was concerned that they would be too concerned to add payroll. But that was, of course, what they did, uh, bringing on Cruz. I didn't see how much they're paying versus the Twins are paying, but they did end up only having to fork over Joe Ryan, who's an intriguing pitching prospect, but nevertheless, lack of DH in the National League. Other big heavy hitter teams, such as the Red Sox and Yankees, with a full-time DH in that spot, uh, reduced the uh, reduced the asking costs for the Twins. So they had to uh, take on Joe Ryan, who could be interesting, but yeah, that's kind of my take on it, Lou. Yeah, and if you listen to this show, you'll know I predicted this six to eight weeks ago. I think Cruz was destined for an AL team despite rumors that NL teams were interested. And one of the biggest things that you already mentioned, a team like the Yankees or Red Sox, full-time DHs, a lot of teams kind of have that full-time DH where the race did not. And even they could afford to take on the remaining salary in 2021, only being two months worth of the contract. The trade itself, though, what a perfect fit, right, Lucas? I mean... The Rays lineup vastly improved with the trade. Cruz already hit a home run in his first game, but it gives them a multiple um, options to kind of put around Cruz, knowing Cruz is going to be in the middle of the order regardless, and he's going to make whoever hits in front of him and behind him that much better. Really completes this lineup, and I think they're the favorite in the AL East, maybe even the entire American League. I certainly agree. It's a, it's a scary bat to have to get out come October and if you are a, a Rays fan I know some of them were upset that they got rid of Blake Snell yes I'm talking to you my boy Yancey Eaton man that's an incredible move to see your team add a guy like Nelson Cruz in lieu of the in advance of the playoffs definitely and the Rays weren't done either they trade away Rich Hill to the Mets the next day pretty shocking move though considering the Rays themselves don't have a lot of starting pitchers especially with Glass now out for the year and Rich Hill been pretty good for them. For the Mets, on the other hand, totally get why they made this move. Uh, DeGrom out, Carrasco, Hindergaard still out. They need some arms there, but a little shocking to see the Rays moving Rich Hill. Yeah, that was one of that was a very head scratching move. Um, yeah, we'll see what the what the guys they they picked up. We'll see what they become. Perhaps that could tell the story here in a year or two. But at the at the moment, um, it seems like the more depth, the merrier for pitching in this era. Definitely. My initial thought, and the only thing that might make sense is potentially a salary dump to not have to eat as much of the cruise contract, dumping the remainder of Rich Hill's contract. That's a fair consideration with this team, given yeah. how tight they are. That's the only thing that really would make sense. But let's get to some players who haven't been on the move yet, but should be. We'll start with Jonathan Scope, first baseman, second baseman, for the Detroit Tigers. And to me, there's just one team, and it's the perfect fit. It's the Boston Red Sox. Their biggest holes are the two positions that Scope plays. It's the first base, second base. First base, their biggest issue at this point, I think, Bobby Dahlbeck, 
not performing at a high enough level, but not only would Scope be a massive upgrade, he would fit into Boston very well as another right-handed power bat with that green monster. And Scope has really been amazing this year, batting over 280, 17 homers, 50-plus runs, 60-plus RBIs. The ability to play second base shouldn't go unnoticed here either, though. For his right-handed pitching, he would play first base, but for his left-handed pitching, Duran has been sitting. K.K. Hernandez would go into the center field. Scope could play second, which could allow Boston to still get Dahlbeck at bats versus left-handed pitching at first base. And I really could see Scoop, Scoopy, Scopy, Scoops having a really similar impact in Boston to when Mike Napoli joined them years and years ago, helped them to win a World Series. I think there's no other fit, and I think Boston has to make this move. I think it's a seamless fit. I, I couldn't come up with a per I personally couldn't come up with a better fit, but I will throw one more quick idea out there. This team is a bit out of the division race, but only seven games back. The Washington Nationals do have a bit of a gaping hole at second base, unless you are a believer in 35-year-old Alcides Escobar. Probably wouldn't take a whole lot to get scope necessarily, especially if Boston isn't willing to step up. I think it's a possibility you could see Washington add a small piece or two just because they have the old pitchers and Soto could turn it back on, which he's already done. So it's a possibility you could see them add a, a low-level move or two in hopes to catch fire and make the playoffs again. Well, that is a very fair point. Um, if I'm the Tigers, though, I'm asking for a lot right now. For this guy, uh, I mean, he's had a really incredible season, especially when you consider how bad his April was. Uh, he's really right. been one of the better hitters in the American League since the calendar turned to May. So I wouldn't be giving him away too quickly and too easily. Um, but Starling Marte, outfielder for the Miami Marlins. Two teams stand out to me the most, the Houston Astros and the San Francisco Giants. Either one of these teams definitely would benefit greatly from adding a player like Marte. Got a great bat, elite speed, good glove. Astros currently fairly weak in center field. And the Giants, they've kind of had to mix and match, mostly in left field, but even in center field for much of the season. It's also worth noting Giants are a very left-handed heavy lineup, particularly in the outfield. So a right-handed bat of Marte would give them more balance should also add that even with these weak spots for these teams, they both lead their respective divisions at the moment, which kind of has me thinking, Lucas, imagine how much better they could be with Starling Marte. The Giants would probably have Marte hitting atop their order in the one or two spot. The Astros, though, might hit him in the middle of the order unless they decide to move Altuve down to the middle instead. Worth noting here that if he does hit in the middle of the order, RBI numbers would go up, but of course there's a good chance he steals less bags and scores less runs. So if you've been relying on Starlin Marte for some runs and some stolen bases, you're probably hoping he goes to the Giants where he will hit atop the order. Yeah, I think these are two uh, two solid fits as well. I don't have a ton to add. It's uh, one of those things where you look at what he can do compared to Miles Straw, and that would be a significant upgrade. Perhaps they may not have a much higher of a winning percentage but they could at least maintain what they're doing at more of a sustainable clip and uh, before we move on to the next guy what what would you feel if your new york yankees were to go after Marte and income to a decent extension for a few more years i wouldn't like it that much um lots of money tied up into a lot of players they might have to extend judge 
Sanchez, um, Hicks is paying paying a lot of money, and unless they're willing to just give up on that, I don't see why they would need Marte in the long term. Um, not really a fan of it, to be honest. If they were in a closer spot to the Red Sox and Rays right now for the division, I would say, okay, for this year it's worth it. Use them as a rental. Okay. It seemed like it would be a decent fit just because the lack of center fielders are pretty glaring need there, and they'll need one next year, I would assume. I know Hicks, he's just been so hurt. That's why I'm kind of concerned about him even next year. He just has such a bad health history, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd rather give Florial the minimum and see what he could do over a full season. I feel you. They they yeah. do they do have a very uh, clogged uh, contract book situation. So yes, they definitely do. Speaking of the Yankees, though, I do think this next guy would be a nice fit for them. That's Joey Gallo, outfielder for the Texas Rangers. I think the Braves are an interesting team to look at as well. Both Yankees and Braves underachieving injuries, COVID suspensions to the outfield has definitely something to do with it. Braves already added Jock Peterson. Clearly not enough after losing Acuna and Ozuna, though. Yankees added Tim LaCastro, then he got hurt. Hicks has been outstanding, injury-prone. And even if he plays the outfield, um, who knows what that's going to go. Gardner's 100 years old, and really the list just goes on and on and on. The reason why I would take on Gallo versus Marte is, one, Gallo is signed beyond this year. Two, he's a left-handed hitter, and the Yankees mm-hmm. do not have much left-handed power. Uh, but he's a great defender in the outfield as well. Could be a force in the middle of either one of these teams' lineups. Both of them on the outside looking in the playoff picture. But still two-plus months baseball left. And if you add a guy like like Gallo and he can get hot, you never know. Absolutely. Yeah, there is a, there is a fairly substantial age difference between Joey Gallo and Starling Marte. And you can put Gallo in center field. I know he's not going to necessarily be a top 10 center fielder out there, but he can certainly get away with it. And that short porch could be a dream come true. Just ask Mr. D.D. Gregorius. So I feel you there. Yeah. And I was waiting for you to potentially bring up the Padres who have been linked to Gallo, but my rebuttal would be this. And let me know if you agree. As good as Gallo is at times, he's also very streaky. I mean, how much better do they get replacing Pham or Myers or Grisham with Gallo? I don't see a big difference there. I think they'd have to give up too much to get him, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure they really improve all that much. I certainly agree, but at the same time, especially Pham and even Myers to a somewhat lesser extent, those guys have had a myriad of injury issues. So that's the benefit is that because Profar has fallen off of a cliff after starting off okay. His power is just disintegrated. He's really just a slap hitter who doesn't strike out much and steals bases. So that's the benefit of adding Gallo is that you're going to really bolster your team in case of injury as an insurance piece. But I, I don't think that Gallo is going to move that cheaply. So if he's going to cost something substantial, you're right. You might as well just stick Pat, maybe add to the bullpen if you're San Diego and uh, hope that you can stay fully healthy. Yeah, or just if you're worried about depth, go get Anthony Santander for absolutely nothing from the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, he's not even playing there half the time. He's not having a good season, but he would be nice depth for you. And there's a number of other players out there. Texas, uh, besides Gallo, probably has an outfielder hanging around. Um, 
hit up, you know, the Tigers with Robbie Grossman or something like that. I mean, those guys will cost you next to nothing and Mm -hmm. their depth for you. So I understand obviously with the injuries, but um, if all all, everyone being healthy, all things being considered, Gallo doesn't really improve the Padres when they're at full strength. Yeah, I can certainly see that case. Adam Frazier of the Pittsburgh Pirates second base outfielder. And I look at two NL teams here in the Mets and the Brewers as really nice fits here. The positional eligibility is certainly a good thing, especially for an NL team doesn't have the advantage of the DH needing to move players around here and there. But both the Mets and Brewers currently leading their divisions and could use an upgrade. Brewers have had poor production at second base due to Cold Wong's injuries. He's inconsistent play. While the Mets have had injuries to multiple players in the infield at second base specifically, and both teams would benefit from adding a guy like Frazier right now, who in the midst of a career year, an all-star season as well, batting over 320, 30 plus RBIs, 50. Five runs, both RBI and run numbers would, of course, improve on a better team than Pittsburgh. It's also worth noting Mariners have recently expressed interest in Frazier as well, but I still find it hard to consider them actual contenders. I kind of see them standing pat at this point. I agree with you there on the Mariners, and I do think that the Mets would be a tremendous fit. The Brewers would as well, uh, just adding a little bit more left-handed talent. I'm going to go ahead and throw the White Sox hat into the ring for Frazier. That's been a a somewhat popular take, uh, and I think it's for good reason. I I personally think if you can have Lurie Garcia as a bench bat as opposed to a full-time starter, I just think that you can just go ahead and pick up Frazier and just feel a lot better about your chances heading into October. I don't disagree with you. what? There's one reason why I left uh, White Sox off for Frazier um, because they've been heavily linked to this next guy in Eduardo Escobar, third baseman slash second baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I have the Brewers on this list, but I also do have the White Sox. Um, it's really been a matter of kind of when these two teams have been talking about Escobar for almost a month now. And obviously Nick Madrigal out for the remainder of the year. Clear hole there at second base. Um, already told you about the Brewers and you know their issues at second base. But Escobar having a really nice season in the power department. 22 or 23 homers. Um, 65 to 70 RBIs. 50 plus runs on a last place team. Could be a really nice boost to either one of these lineups. And really to any lineup he would join. There is a dark horse um, team here though. I think the Braves could take a look at Eduardo Escobar. They could then move Austin Riley to the outfield with Escobar playing third base. As people forget, Riley played a lot of outfielder during Josh Donaldson's tenure with the Braves. Um, They need an outfielder, the Braves, but it might be easier for them to get an Escobar instead. So uh, definitely a dark horse team to potentially make a move and get creative. Man, that's an interesting way to think about it. I, I like that call there, Lou. One other addition that I want to just tack on real quick. The Diamondbacks also have David Peralta, who has struggled this year. He's an aging player. And I think that they could even add him onto Escobar 
and increase that return a little bit and provide a solid pinch hitter bench bat who's a fourth outfielder at this point in his career, David Peralta. Sure, some could say he's a little bit more, but at this point he hasn't showed it. So they could package Peralta and Escobar and possibly goose that return a little bit more for teams wanting two hitters. And I think the White Sox would be a really nice fit yep. for that situation, even with Eloy and Robert possibly coming back and probably coming back. Um, I mean, how much longer can you rely on Brian Goodwin? Sheets has been a nice story, but... Your boy, you know, your boy Berger. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 they've both been good stories, but having a veteran yeah. uh, in Peralta... Uh, wouldn't hurt heading into the playoffs for sure. We got two twins players to take a look at. I already talked about Cruz. We'll start with Josh Donaldson, third baseman, or I guess DH. Uh, now he'll probably be DHing until he gets traded uh, for the Minnesota Twins. I have the Mets and the Jays as two teams I'm really looking at here. Both these teams have suitable third baseman as of now, but that doesn't mean they couldn't both use an upgrade. Donaldson, clearly not the player he once was, but he's still an opposing figure when he steps into the batter's box. Very capable of having an elite month or two. Kevin Biggio for the Jays. The bat has not developed as quickly as expected. The Mets have J.D. Davis, who missed significant time and although is productive, I don't think his upside compares to that of Josh Donaldson. Both teams have prospects to get a deal done. Mets have been very clear about willing, uh, being willing to add payroll if it means contending. And for the Jays, Donaldson was a fan favorite. You mentioned earlier, um, you know, or at least to me, maybe it was before the show even, that, you know, Jays are going home on the 30th of July. Um, how What better to kind of take, go home with a fan favorite in Josh Donaldson, who enjoyed the most success he's ever had as a big leaguer, including multiple ALCS appearances with the Jays and that AL MVP award. Absolutely. I think these are two good fits. Um, the only question would be is if the, you know, Jays management want to bring this guy back. I'm not saying Donaldson's a bad guy or anything like that, but you know, sometimes whenever you bring a player back, it has to be a perfect fit. I think it could be, obviously I have no idea, but uh, that is one consideration in addition to the money that Donaldson will be owed. I think that possibly whoever's willing to, you know, eat some, some more of that money, that's possibly where you could see him get traded since he will be getting paid around $21 million until 2023, his age 37 season. Yeah. And I don't know if it will benefit the twins to trade these guys separately, but potentially, getting a better return if they were to package Donaldson with Jose Barrios. I'm not sure. To me, it makes sense to do two separate trades, yep. but you never know how that works out. But with Barrios, I uh, already brought up the Mets with Donaldson, but also Red Sox, Braves, and Reds are teams that are interesting to me as well. Really any contender when it comes to Barrios. He's one of the better pitchers that is guaranteed to be on the market. Uh, the Mets have tons of injuries in the rotation. There's no telling if and when those guys are coming back. Uh, we mentioned they got Rich Hill earlier from the Rays, but he has just as many injury concerns as anybody. He could be injured after making one start and just joining all the injured pitchers the Mets already have. Red Sox do look good at the moment, but even with Sale coming back, starting pitching is a question mark for them. I'm not sure I trust Pavetta Valdi has not thrown this many innings in like a decade. 
Um, Erod just injured himself in his most recent start. Uh, so I do question how they will hold up down the stretch. So adding Barrios could be good. Braves pitching struggled all year long. One of the reasons why they're under 500. And the Reds pitching has gone better throughout the season thanks to Luis Castillo turning things around. But they could use another top of the rotation arm if they want any chance to catch the Brewers in that NL Central. Barrios, not necessarily the ace pitcher that these teams might want, but he's likely going to be the best option the teams have, Lucas. I think so. I do not see another pitcher that could be available besides Barrios on a likelihood as far like who could likely be available. Um, I don't even know if the twins would be willing to trade him. I know that might sound crazy, but sometimes whenever you feel like you have a real life number one, which sure we can have a debate whether he's that, I don't think so, but the twins could talk themselves into it. They may want to latch on tight to him and see if they can make a spark next year after having a good winter. So I personally think it would make a lot of sense for them to trade him, but you could see them latching on tight to him since he's still arb arb three next year. And he's an, uh, he's a UFA. He's a free agent in 2023. So we'll have to see what they do there. They hold the car keys to this one. They, they definitely do. And um, I think that for him to be, traded again he's definitely available before him to be traded they would have to be blown away because of the gear yep. that they still have available with him uh, another starting pitcher here who doesn't have as much upside as barrios but should also be on the move that's john gray with the rockies and i uh, look at three teams in particular the angels the jays and the rays all of them are in the playoff hunt the Rays hold down a spot currently with a chance at that division, of course. They could all use a rotation upgrade, though the Angels pitching has been brutal all season long. The Jays have two good pitchers with Ray and Ryu, but the rest of their rotation kind of a question mark every other start, it would seem. And then the Rays, they lost Tyler Glass now this season, leaving a vacancy in that rotation. They traded away Rich Hill, of course, as well. But you look at Gray, pitching half his games in Coors. He's been pretty effective for the most part. Yeah. 3-6-8 ERA, 6 wins, 87 Ks, 93 innings. Uh, behind Barrios, probably the next best starting pitcher you know is available on the market. Assuming, of course, the Max Scherzer is not being moved. Because if he's being moved, that's your true ace. But Barrios and Gray are right. definitely mid-rotation guys who could help teams. Absolutely. I, I think those are some very solid landing spots. It'll be interesting to see how he performs outside of Coors. Like you've mentioned, he's been decent. He's been perfectly solid this year, better than decent. And he's actually been better at Coors than he has on the road. So uh, perhaps he just has a great routine when he's at home or knows the ballpark really well. I don't know. I think the team that would make a lot of sense for John Gray, and that would be a rival, They've got the prospects to boot if they were willing to get aggressive. The L.A. Dodgers could go and pick this guy up, deepen the rotation a little bit, and I think that would be a tremendous fit. Yeah, I think he would fit nicely there. I think you could say the same about the Giants, too. Yep. He would fit there as well in that bigger ballpark. So um, definitely NL West teams could be in on John Gray, and I think a lot more teams, if Barrios goes or Berrios doesn't go, uh, John Gray is probably a lot of teams' backup plans. So he might be very highly sought after, after all. Uh, Richard Rodriguez, reliever for the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
uh, familiar teams we've already brought up a number of times here tonight. Jays, Astros, White Sox, and Red Sox. Looking at Rodriguez, probably the best relief pitcher out there next to Cubs, Craig Kimbrell. But we're still unsure of what the Cubs are actually going to do at the deadline. They're a very confusing team. More on Kimbrell later. Uh, but with Rodriguez, 2.65 ERA, 0.80 whip, 13 saves. Probably the guy to get if you're a contender looking for some bullpen help. The Jays definitely need more reliable relief pitchers. Astros could have a great one-two punch with Presley and Rodriguez at the back end of their bullpen. White Sox, same thing, one-two punch with Rodriguez and Hendricks. And the Red Sox bullpen has been good to date, but they could use an upgrade. You don't know how guys are going to hold up over the next couple months. And Rodriguez would probably step in as their best reliever. If not, their clothes are certainly the best one they have. Yeah, it's interesting with Rodriguez. He actually has two more years of arbitration eligibility and will not be a free agent until 2024. So while you can certainly see the Pirates wanting to sell him high, which is what I would do and it's what most of us would do, if they were to just tuck him away and keep him, I wouldn't be blown away surprised. But I agree, all those teams would be a great fit. Jays, in my opinion, would be the best fit. Uh, just so that he can come in there, help shorten the game a little bit from their rotation. It's not the greatest. I think the Jays personally would be the best fit for Rodriguez. I definitely think so because of especially what you mentioned with the control of the years. They basically be their closer for the next two years. So that would definitely be something that the Jays should make a move on regardless of this season. Danny Duffy, starting pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, looking at the Giants and the Brewers here primarily, obviously Duffy's on the injured list right now, which could certainly complicate him being moved. But when healthy, when pitching, he's had a very good season and I think could help a contender like the Giants or Brewers down the stretch and into the playoffs. Royals probably won't be expecting much as a return, but they're better off getting something rather than nothing. The Giants have actually been linked to him recently which is kind of why I brought them up. I think it'd be a smart move for both teams. Duffy would succeed in San Francisco when healthy, like so many other pitchers have, and into the postseason. And with the Brewers, I think it'd be worth it for them to take a shot as well. We know they have that big three with Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. But behind that, there is some uncertainty. Um, If you wanted a guy, if he's healthy, as a fourth starter in the playoffs, as a guy to spot start if you want to give Burns or Peralta a start off down the stretch. I think Duffy kind of fits the bill there. Yeah, I think Duffy would be a tremendous fit for the Giants. I, I think that that was one of the better the better spots that you can find for him. Like we've said with all these pitchers, I mean, most teams could use extra, extra depth uh, just to help you know, possibly skip a starter or two down the stretch since we came off such a strange year last year with a limited workload. So uh, another good name to call out that you could see move, Danny Duffy. Yeah, I mean, again, when he's pitched this year, he's been excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, just about, about the injury concerns. So before we wrap this up, Lucas, there's two Chicago Cups that we have not talked about yet. Um, I think they're a good way to kind of finish off this show. Uh, You picked Chris Bryant. What do you have on Chris Bryant? Yeah, I think that 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 is the guy that I think 
a handful of teams certainly could use. He plays multiple positions pretty decently, not necessarily gold glove by any means at those, but he can play a little third, a little first, a little outfield. Definitely has a penchant for walks and still has plenty of power. Not that old at this at this stage, still under 30 years old. So I think that Chris Bryant uh, could be a pathway to some value for teams. Yeah, I think so too. I think two teams we've talked about quite a bit here are the Giants and Brewers. Uh, should definitely look into Chris Bryant uh, for the Giants. Bryant would fill in the third base until Longoria returns, but when Longoria does return, a lot of people forget already that Bryant is a pretty good outfielder as well. Mm -hmm. And we've already linked the Giants to guys like Marte, so they could certainly use the outfield help, particularly in left field, where they have not gone the best production. And then with the Brewers, we've linked them to Adam Frazier. We've linked them to Eduardo Escobar. If they don't get those guys, Bryant could play third base for them, and they could move Urias, who's been filling in at third base and doing a good job, over to second base and solve their second base issue that way. So these teams have to get a little bit creative, but if they want an impact bat like Chris Bryant... I think they could do something like that, Lucas. Yeah, two other teams I think would be beautiful fits because as a Cubs fan, I've thought about this quite a bit. I think the Jays could also be well-suited to add Chris Bryant's versatility. I know they're they're a fairly right-handed team, but I wouldn't be too worried about that. And the other team is the New York Mets could add him as well. So a couple more teams to add on. Yeah, I mean, if the Mets and Jays are interested in Josh Donaldson, as we claim that they right. might be why not Chris Bryant, right? Uh, so yep. my guy I want to wrap things up with here is Craig Kimbrell. Having an incredible season right now. In fact, probably been one of the best closers in all of Major League Baseball. Talking about Richard Rodriguez earlier, I think any of the teams we mentioned for him will be involved in the Kimbrell sweepstakes, but there's one team that really stands out as the most perfect fit for Kimbrell, and that's the LA Dodgers. Lucas Kenley Jansen has cost them two wins just this week. Both were against divisional rival in the Giants, a team they could have passed in the standings had they won those games. The Dodgers are trying to catch them still in the standings. And if I'm the Dodgers, I am getting Kimbrell by any means necessary. They need help at the back end of that bullpen. Kenley Jansen seeming to seemingly not getting the job done and going into the playoffs. You want to have that one-two punch, potentially healthy, rested. I think Kimbrell could be a big impact pitcher in the back end for the Dodgers and their hopes to go back-to-back -back as world champs. Wow, that would uh, that would be a hell of an ad right there if the Dodgers were able to, to pick him up. They could do it if they wanted to fork over the prospect capital, but I think, I think Craig Kimbrell could be the key to turning around the Cubs' rebuild, maybe retool, I don't know. We'll see, but yeah, good call there. I mean, I would think that Bryant and Rizzo would be as involved in that turnaround, the trade right. they would make for them. Um, in fact, I don't think Kimbrell gets as much of a return as either one of those guys, really, uh, just based on age and whatnot. But um, either way. Um, I, got, uh, I got one more name I wanted to throw at you here, Lou. Another Cub that if he were to get traded could possibly be the best starting pitcher dealt. He's owed $14 million uh, for the next uh, three years after this, so he actually won't be a free agent until 2024. Kyle Hendricks will be owed $14 million uh, the next uh, three years after this. Do you think there's any possibility the Cubs could move off of him for a bevy of prospects? What do you think about that? I think they'd have to be blown away at this point because he is right. one of their lone 
like pretty darn good pitchers having a very nice year. He's not making much money in comparison to some of the, you know, front of front line rotation type pitchers. So I think they'd have to really be blown away. There's they're not in a rush to necessarily trade him because he is under control. Uh, but if a team is willing to fork over enough trying to use Hendricks this year and going forward, I could see it. I mean, to me, the Toronto Blue Jays would be a team uh, that I would say, go go for it. Go and do it. Go make it happen now. Uh, you'll have Hendricks for the next few years up top of that rotation with Ryu. So that would make sense to me. Um, a team like the Angels would make sense to me as they're trying to mm-hmm. continue to build a rotation. Maybe not win this year with Hendricks, but uh, he could be their ace or behind Otani in the rotation next year. Uh, teams like that who are looking for a number two probably in their rotation for the next few years, I could see them trying to make a move. But I could also see the Cubs waiting till the offseason if they're going to trade Hendricks as well and not making a rash decision right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I highly doubt he'll get traded. But it's just a fun and an interesting what if I wanted to toss your way. Definitely. And we could talk about Rizzo too. I mean, the Cubs have so many pieces I'm glad we kind of saved them for the end because we can kind of just hit on them all at once. Um, right. Anthony Rizzo, too. I mean, I've heard a lot of talk about the Red Sox um, because it's where he started. And mm. they we talked about them needing a first baseman. Again, I think Scope will cost them less than Rizzo. And I think he's actually a better fit for Fenway than Rizzo is. But, of course, Rizzo brings that championship pedigree, the leadership from his time with the Cubs in those postseason runs. Um, I think Rizzo would be a very nice fit in Boston for sure. Wow. That would be a tremendous fit. The only, as a fantasy and on the fantasy side, the only tough part is, is that is a a tricky, you know, right field to to have pull power to, but Rizzo has enough power. He can, he can reach that. And the other thing is, is he makes so much contact and walks so much. I really think that would beef up their order going from a guy like, uh, Dahlbach to Rizzo, that would just be amazing. Yeah, I mean, you could probably uh, imagine having something in the long alliance, like two through five of a, like Bogart, Devers, JD, Rizzo, something in on along those lines in the middle of your order, those four guys. I mean, and then whatever you want up top with Kiki and, or Duran uh, mm-hmm. Renfro below those guys. I mean, it, it would really shape in the Red Sox lineup up very nicely. Um, other teams, I mean, you could take a look at. I wouldn't count out a team like the White Sox because they could split time between Rizzo and Abreu as DH. Yeah, I think that could make some sense too. The other thing is, is he's a free agent at the end of this year. So even if it was only for a couple of months in the playoffs, I mean, if the cost isn't too much, I could certainly see it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a, num- a lot of teams could probably use him, uh, but those two really do kind of come to mind as the perfect fits per se. Um, I'm not sure if there's another team that is that desperate for a first baseman. And of course, in the NL, there's no DH right now. Um, if there was a DH in the NL, I think it would open up a lot more landing spots for him. Yeah, certainly. That's the challenge. It, like we've discussed not a lot any, of... Uh, hold on, I just want to be clear. Not because I think yeah. he should DH, more so because it just opens up another batting order slot 
for him. I mean, if let's say there, let's say there was a DH in the National League. If I'm the Mets, I'm acquiring Rizzo, playing him at first and DHing Alonso. Exactly, yeah. and whether there's a DH or not will will actually influence his value quite a bit. Since, like you said, he's a, he's still a very solid glove, but let's be honest. He's had back issues that have popped up repeatedly, and uh, I think DHing could help alleviate that, at least if he only DHed a handful of times a week. I would agree with that, my friend, and I believe by the next time we are on the air, it would be either, is it deadline day the 31st, or is it the 30th that's deadline day? Either way, it'll either be the day of the deadline, which would be fun for us to do, or it'll be the day after, so we'll have a lot more to talk about breaking down the moves that do actually happen, seeing if we got any of them right. Yeah, the de- the trade deadline is officially on the on the 30th of that Friday, just for logistical stuff, not having to pull guys out of the Friday night lineup, or, or I mean, uh, you know what I mean. So just logistically, they, they did it on a Friday at 4 p.m., so we'll have some trades to discuss uh, next Saturday. Excited about that. Yes, all of the big-time trades, maybe even a two-part episode if we get a lot of action going on. So that could be a lot of fun. But this has been Lucas Baseball Season 3, Episode 27, Lou Landers with Lucas Beery. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed Trade Talk. We'll catch you next time, folks.